right, guys. Welcome back to the Morning Skate. We got episode 182. I'm uh, hosting today, Garrison BizDev, and uh, we got Cad. Jimmy, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. If you listen to our intro song, we have the Do You Believe in Miracles? Yes. And for the longest time, I've always wanted to talk to somebody who like really genuinely got to experience that. And guys, if you're listening right now, we got him. We, we, we got one. We get hook, line, and sinker. I'm so excited for today. Uh, first member of the 1980 Olympic gold medal team. That's gold medal. That means first place. Uh, really excited about it. Greece, you can introduce him. I know you're you're all sorts of yeah, fun, man. buzzing, I'm, if you will. <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit, man. I even I woke up at 7:30 this morning, put Miracle on, got all ready to go. So I got loads of questions. We've uh, we've had an actor from Miracle come on. We've had uh, Olympians, but our first 1980 member of the U.S. Olympic team, Buzz Schneider. Welcome to the morning skate. Garrison, thank you for having me. You too, Jimmy. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, man. We are uh, we are fired up. Uh, Miracle itself was an uh, instrumental part of um, of us learning the story growing up. We, Jimmy and I were both born in the early 90s, so a lot of what we know from the 1980 story kind of is portrayed through the movie so i'm really excited to be able to firsthand ask you questions and you know share some of these background stories with our listeners um yeah i, I mean I, I feel like ever since that movie's come out we've all been on like a bus like a bus trip with the boys and like putting movies on different whatever miracles a staple of any any sort of bus trip wherever you need to go and i mean greece you nailed that i, th I think i saw a couple like hbo documentary type things about the 1980 olympics and all that but miracle i mean i remember the first time that i was in the movie theater i had a, a blue and red slushy mix i think i had some roads and that's i was pounding down at the time and i was just in awe but definitely had a large popcorn too i have to have to get a large so that way when it's done you go back free refills but uh -huh. i'm so pumped that bud schneider's on the pod Thank but you. like, let's just kind of let's hop right into it. Sure. Um, before we get before we get to all of that, let's talk about growing up. Like, when when's like your first memory of you playing hockey? Was hockey like in like a fabric of your family? Like, how how did you go about starting to you know put on the skates and and rip the puck a bit? You know, I grew up in uh, northeastern Minnesota, Niagara Range, where hockey at one time it still is. It's very you know popular and big in this country. And I came from a small town. I started skating about four or five years old. And uh, up there, there's not much to do. So uh, we used to go to the rink with our skates and our sticks. And we used to play all day long. And uh, uh, we played with the older kids who kind of taught us how to play. So that was our entertainment. And, and you know, the lakes froze early up there in October. And then we went right through March or April. So that's how I ended up starting to play hockey. And uh, eventually, you know, I, I played a lot. And I got good enough. I ended up making our high school team. And uh, uh Played for a great coach, Ron Costellano from Eveleth, and uh, he taught me a lot. And I played well enough during a scholarship to the University of Minnesota to play for Herb uh, Brooks. And I'm old enough; I was in his first recruiting class. So that's that's how I started and got to be going playing in hockey. That's that's unbelievable. So, grown up in Minnesota, you get to put on the Gopher uniform. Was that like mm -hmm. one of your first like really proud moments of your, of like your of your early life? Because I mean. I can't imagine being from a place and then going to play college. Like we play, we're, we live in New York. So there's like really no big New York team, but like it, it's like yeah. Boston going to BU, which I'm sure a lot of people did, but like, how awesome was that? Well, that, I mean, for us kids, especially at that time, back in the early seventies, uh, the university of Minnesota was a place to play and they had all the tradition. They had Johnny Mayasich, the godfather of hockey and uh, uh, Minnesota, along with John Mariucci, who was a coach. So, 
anybody uh, I know from northern Minnesota wanted to play for the University of Minnesota. And like I said, I was fortunate enough to have Herb Brooks recruit me. So uh, uh, that was that was a dream come true for me. And, and that's your that's your first like introduction to to Herb Brooks. And I, I think when when you think of coaches nowadays, like you hear about Mike Keenan a lot, and like Peter Laviolette, and and all these things. But like we not at least like my generation never really got to really experience like what Herb Brooks was about. Like we got to live it through the movie and stuff. But. Uh, what was, can you just kind of talk about Herb for a little bit as, as to what type of coach he was? Was Because the movie kind of portrays him as like that, like that hard ass dad that like you don't want to disappoint, but like you love him at the same time. So like, what was, what was Herb Brooks like, like to you? You know, he was, he, he was, he was a tough coach, but not in a mean way. I mean, uh, uh, he was honest. I used to, I remember him used to say, you know, if you're going to call me an SOB, at least I'm an honest one. But, uh, uh, <laughs> He, uh, he was a man of his word. Uh, uh, when I played for him at Minnesota, the best guy played, no matter who you are, where you came from. Uh, I'll tell you, n nobody uh, uh, worked harder as a coach than he did, and I don't think any players worked harder playing for anybody else except for Herb Brooks. He was a, he was a taskmaster, and he was tough, fair, but very honest. And, uh, uh, and I'll tell you, everybody, anybody that I played with that played for Herb, he had nothing but respect for him. But he was tough. He was demanding. But, uh, you know, like sometimes your father scolds you, Herb scolds you, too. But he, he didn't do it in a malicious way. But it, he always wanted to, uh, to make you a better, a better person and a better hockey player. And, and, and you played you played for the 76 Olympic team, correct? Yeah, I was I was one of the, the oldest guy that I had the opportunity to play for Bob Johnson in 76. And we took fourth in the 76 Olympics in Innsbruck, Austria. So you you start with Johnson. The 1980 comes around. There's a new Olympic team, and and you hear that Herb Brooks is coaching, it and you had already played for him before. Was there like a sense of anything in your head where it was like, okay, like this is going to be a little bit different? But like, did that add to the excitement of of playing for that team? Would you, would you be more comfortable? Uh, well, you know, Herb, he when he got me, he knew what he was getting because I played for him for three years at the University of Minnesota. Uh, but uh, that didn't mean I was any favorite. I mean, he treated me no different than he treated 19 other guys. And uh, when Herb Brooks coached that 80 team, he kind of put the wall between the players and coaching. So I was no different than any other the 19 players that I played for. And, uh, uh, well, I respected him. I and mean, I was afraid, geez, am I doing something wrong here? I was kind of a little bit, you know, nervous yeah. myself a little bit. But Did uh, you, uh -huh. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask if you um, noticed a big change or a difference in the the way he coached the 80 team in, um, at Minnesota. You know, when he did do it, he was, he was experimenting, experimenting the style of play back at the University of Minnesota. I mean, he was the first coach that I can honestly say I played for. He started interchanging positions. You know how the old style back for us guys it was, you know, the wings go up and down the rank north and south. But he was a believer in interchanging positions and puck control. And, you know, if we got the puck, they don't have the puck, they're not going to score. So he copied the Russians. In fact, when he played, I think, on two Olympic teams as well. And when he was cut off to the 1980 team, he start, he studied those Russian teams and he knew how they played, how they interchanged positions, not only the Russians, but the Czechs and the Swedes as well. So he was prepared going in, but he took us and we started a whole new system. It took us a long time to figure it out, though, too. I mean, we didn't learn it overnight, but uh, uh, but we got to We bought into it. We played it and it worked well for us. It was a lot of fun to play. It was fun to play again. 
was it was it easier for the other guys having like some Minnesota players who had played for Herb before? Like I, I know there's that one scene in Miracle where like Herb is he puts up a drill and everybody like looks at each other and like what is going on? Like <laughs> yeah, was it not, was it were you guys kind of like a, a I don't know like a, a shoulder that those guys could go to or it's like okay like what is Herb really expecting here? Uh, you know he pushed us to the end and you know. Uh, they weren't going to get any Minnesota. They weren't getting any Boston boys. Aren't weren't going to get any support from the Minnesota guys because they treated those guys in the middle the same way, same way. So uh, no, there was no favoritism. It was it was his way. It was his way. So in the movie, at least, and and I know it's based on a true story. So I'm sure some things are real, some things aren't. But something that stood out was like the tryout portion of this where you had so many people come and it was supposed to be for a couple of weeks and it like really only lasted a short amount of time. Was that was that an accurate portrayal of what happened? And do you remember the moment when when you're like when they called your name and you knew you were on the squad or at least at the beginning? Yeah. You know, he had about like six, uh, 80 guys at camp and, you know, he did so much scouting ahead of time. He kind of knew who he kind of wanted. But. In the tryouts, you had to perform, right? So if you know, the guy maybe couldn't play himself out of position, out of a job too, but he kind of knew who he kind of wanted, and he was looking for some guys be, uh, that he possibly wanted to take because he took 26 guys in case somebody got hurt, somebody wasn't playing well. Uh, but uh, it was it was a tough it was a tough training camp and a tough, tough tryout. And uh, I remember we all got called in the room at the end, and and I. I believe uh, one general manager was Johansson. He said, "You know, the guys that uh, uh, the guys that got cut, that's they got the easy part out. He said, you guys are gonna have to work now." So it was, yeah, it was, yeah. And he, you know, when you try out stuff, you hate to see other guys leave leave the team, but that's just the way it is. And uh, uh, but it was a it was a fair tryout. And like I said, he kind of knew who he wanted to have on his club. And, and you you mentioned the rivalry between Minnesota and Boston because of, of previous national championships and this and that and just like it, it was a heated it's probably arguably the, the biggest rival I would say in, in college hockey history. Um, what was it like adjusting being around those guys? Were, did were you know, or, or and when everybody finally bought in? Like, do you remember like that moment? Okay. Well, like Mike Rizzi and I, and I were the two oldest guys, and Mike and I played against each other. In fact. Uh, you can tell Mike that we beat him in the semifinals for the NCAA that we won the first one at Minnesota. So, no, but we were old enough and matured up. Um, Mike and I understood each other. We got along. We're still along. We're great friends. And But I think the rivalry happened with the younger guys in Minnesota and, the, and some of the Boston players during the national championship. There was a little bit of a, you know, a tussle on the ice out there and uh, on the bench or between periods. And that created a little bit of a, an atmosphere between the Boston. It was regional Boston, Minnesota, but uh, – uh, but we all got to learn to respect each other and end up loving each other at the end. So it was, it, but it, you don't do that overnight either. You know, each team, when they start playing, they take on their own chemistry and stuff. So we had a lot of good times. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. So, so you picked the 26 guys and then, I mean, you guys played a ton of games before even the Olympics yeah. began. Were, were there any games that kind of stood out to you throughout the course of like this, this run that you guys went on that, that like uh, the one game, I think it was in Norway. At least that's maybe I'm wrong. Where they turned the lights off and and the whistles going and again, like were there any games like that that kind of stood out to you? And, and if they did, like uh, why did they stand out to you? Okay, well, well, that one definitely stuck out. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. you know we played those guys and and after the training camp we went right to Europe right away and started playing games and stuff. And we ran into Norway and we probably weren't as sharp as we were and stuff and uh, uh, didn't play well at all. 
and uh, and Herbie, he, he, you know, he, he knew we could play better, and he he was upset with us. And that's at the end of the game, uh, we all come to the bench, and uh, uh, he and Craig Patrick says, "No, stay out on the ice." When everybody left, oh we ended God. up going up and started doing the Herbies, uh, uh, the goal line, the blue line, back all the way down and back, and I, that went on for about about an hour. And I, but previous in that game. Uh, I end up getting I end up getting thrown out of the game. Uh, uh, Les Auger was one of our players' defensemen, and he was the refereeing wasn't solid, real solid like our North American referees, whether Canadians or Americans. And uh, they made a inter bad interference call. And Les Auger was mimicking the ref. He put his hands over his eyes and turned his stick upside down and started talking to the ref. And Herbie said, "Buzz, go find out what the heck went on out there." So I go out there, and the referee says, "Well, you're out of here too." And I go, "God, I didn't do nothing." <laughs> um, <laughs> you skate up to him; he just gives you the boot. You're like, "All yeah. right." <laughs> so I go into the locker room, I shower and change, and then at the end of the game, those guys started skating, and I was standing next to Craig Patrick, who was our general manager. And uh, Did you feel uh, pretty lucky at that point, where you're like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, at, at first I did. We I started. He started to skate him for the first 20 minutes. He started at 25, and I told Craig Patrick, I said, Craig, should I put my stuff back on? I feel guilty. He said, Nah, boss, they're gonna be done in a couple minutes. Uh, lo and behold, they're out there for another half hour. That was tough. I felt bad for the guys. I mean, yeah, but. I think we. I think he drilled the home the point home. You know, you guys got to put out every perform every night. And uh, but was was kind of lost. But the next day we ended up playing Norway again. And we beat them. I don't know, ten to two or seven to three or something. So we so we ended up redeeming ourselves. But no, I remember that. That was quite the scene. But it, it did bring us together. Yeah, I mean, and and that's I guess that's exactly what Herb was looking for, right? Like you guys kind of played a stinker, throwaway game in Rochester, if you will. That's what they said, and then the next day you guys come out and it's lights out, ten two. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's pulling the right strings. Yeah, we uh, we had a good club. We didn't lose too many games during that year. We did lose. We played some NHL teams. We uh, uh, got beat by uh, uh, Central Hockey League, but we were in the Central Hockey League. We actually counted in their standings, so the games just weren't a throwaway games. They had was counted in their standings for them, so it was good. They pushed us, and we pushed them. We played American, the AHL, uh, some teams, and also uh, some college clubs as well. I mean, that had been pretty cool playing against different AHL teams, right? Because you you guys oh, were yeah, all we're amateur players, right? So it's kind yeah. of like that had to have been pretty. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we ended up. I know we ended up playing the North Stars. I think they beat us four to two. I think the Washington Capitals. I don't know if they beat us by one goal. We have tied them. I, you know, it's been forty-one years. I can't remember everything. everything but <laughs> no, but we had fun. That was a lot. It was a challenge for us too because a lot of the guys on the team were going to be in the NHL the next year. So it was fun. And the Red Wings up here too, right in Glens Falls. Glens Falls. I remember them. Yeah, yeah, they had a nice club as well. It's always fun to come back to New York. Yeah. Oh, what was um, MSG like when you played the Russians there a couple of weeks before? You know, uh, a lot of the guys I've I've played the uh, God I must have played against them. I don't know how many world five or six prior world championships, and a lot of the guys in our team never faced the Russians before. And uh, but we stood around and watched. I mean, <laughs> they were they were so good. I mean, they played so methodical. If you had a bad night, they I mean, instead of getting beat like three to two or five to three, I mean, if you if you had a bad night, they could blow you out like fifteen to one or thirteen two or something so uh you had to play well against them the whole time yep uh they were they were i thought they were the best teams in the world i'll tell you they were good and a lot of those guys at that time could easily play the nhl as well were you what was the what was the feeling like the locker room in msg like right before the olympics was it 
were you guys, I mean, obviously you want to win the game, but was it, let's, let's keep it closer. Like, were you guys rattled that you were even playing them before the Olympics? No, it was, it was, it was good that we maybe played them before. Maybe we gave them a false sense of security. I don't know, but it was good. Like the third period, I think was even. So, you know, after, you know, starting out, yeah, starting out slow and, uh, and, and uh, picking up coming back, it, it was a good test for us as well. And plus, we were all excited to get to the Olympics because, you know, once you go to the Olympics, you're playing for your country and the roster for, you know, is automatically set for 20 guys. So nobody was going to get cut. So everybody's kind of happy about that. Uh, and it was looking to play in you know, the Olympics and playing in your own country, which, uh, which was special. And, and that's, I mean, that's the next stop. Not, I think a couple weeks later, you guys had to Lake Placid. Do you ever, had you ever been to Lake Placid before then? Uh, our Lake, uh, we went up there for, uh, our training camp was in Lake Placid. Uh, after they did the trials, we came back, uh, from Europe or excuse me, well, after the trials, that was kind of our home base that we came back. We stayed in Lake Placid and trained there before we moved back to, uh, St. Paul and St. Paul was our home base, but we stayed out in Lake Placid and, uh, but I'll tell you, uh, after practice, we have to run that hill from uh, on Main Street up to the, I believe it's the Sheridan three times. Oh, that was no fun. And, and I, I, it kind of, when I think the fact that there was an Olympics held in Lake Placid, like every, I can't believe it. Like you pull in and the first thing you see is that giant, uh, the ski jump. Ski, ski jump, yeah. The first thing you see and you're like, oh my God, we're in Lake Placid. And then you pull up and have that. Was that a giant outside rink next to the indoor rink yeah. there at that time? Like, no. They, well, they had, they had the 32 rink was there, and they fixed that up for the Olympics. They painted that. That looked good. Uh, they had the new arena up there that we played in uh, in Lake Placid, and uh, they had the, a, a smaller rink. I don't know if they use that for figure skating and for the warm-ups right next in the same building. But we did hold, uh, during the middle of the year, we did have a, a, a pre we call it like a pre-Olympic tournament. We had teams from Russia, Czechoslovakia, come over and play, but they weren't their big teams. They were more like their B teams that we played in a tournament over there. And that was around Christmas time. And we stayed there for a few weeks and it was a good tournament. It was it was preparing us for the coming back and playing later in February. So you, you guys end up going, I'm pretty sure 6-0-1 in, uh, in the Olympics. I think the first game you guys tied Sweden. Do you think that tying Sweden game one played like a pretty good role for you guys moving on? Because it was like, this is what we needed to do to tie, like what or to build on. Cause Sweden was an unbelievable team too at the time. Exactly. So would that have been a pretty good feeling knowing that like you might not have won, but you guys belong there. Yeah, exactly. Because we went in, we were uh, from the prior world tournament, we were seated seventh and uh, uh, going in, we were re realistically looking for third place, the bronze possibly. And right out of the show, we played Sweden, which we thought, uh, was the top in the top three? We figured them silver, and we thought the Czechs bronze. I'm not uh, the Czech, the Swedes, excuse me, uh, silver. Uh, the uh, the Czechs, no, the, excuse me, Czechs. Czechs were uh, we thought they would be uh, silver. Uh, the Swedes bronze and Russians first. But right off the shoot, when we ended up playing Sweden and coming back and tying them two two, you know, with the last few minutes to play. Uh, we know okay we're doing okay but that game was played prior to the opening ceremonies and then two days later we end up playing the checks and uh blowing them out seven to three and like i said they're you know silver medal we thought like geez we're in the hunt now we we might be able to do something here what was the locker room like after being the oh, oh, oh we, we, we we were happy i mean we we're happy and uh uh 
But then we had to play, you know, three more games after that. We ended up playing Norway, Romania, and then West Germany to get into the middle round because I think we were in the brackets with, with the Swedes and stuff. I don't think they called the blue bracket. I think we had nine points, the same thing as them. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But but after we ended up beating the Czechs, we thought we had a shot for a medal for sure then. So you guys, you kind of went out from there, and then you get to the – semi-finals pretty sure i'm correct about that and you guys are up against the russians and i read uh mike ruzioni's autobiography which i thought was really really cool you just learned some like pretty interesting things i'm pretty sure he said before the russian game that he was at a campsite with like his old man and his high school football coach and like he had a budweiser and like that's how he spent the night before the russian game i'm pretty sure it was either the night before the rush game or the night before the gold medal game what whatever have you do you remember where you were the night before you played the Russians? or and, and what was the atmosphere going into that game like? I can't even imagine. And, and a packed rink and everybody's sc- like screaming. I can't. I get goosebumps thinking about it. And, and then just on, on top of that as well, like Jimmy and I weren't around, so we didn't fully even, – even younger – when I was younger, I didn't fully understand the political climate and everything. Like what was the country like at that time as well? You know, as far as the country was like, you know, we had the, you know, the recession, you know, gas shortages and the Iran hostage situation and stuff. But up for us guys up in Lake Placid, we we that we weren't aware of it. We were out there because we, here we are. We have a chance to go on. We're playing the Russians, probably the best team in the world. So we were more concentrated on the hockey game itself as all the all the political stuff, which was kind of good because. Uh, uh, you know, we had a shot, and everybody on our team, you know, thought if we could keep the doggone thing close, you know, wait till the third period, then anything can happen. But uh, for the night, for the uh, prior to the Russian uh, game, I remember I was uh, I spent uh, the night well with uh, well Mark Pavlich was my roommate, and we had three of us in those mobile homes up in Lake Placid because we actually stayed on the prison ground, but us. Americans, we were actually in mobile home and mobile homes, and I think they had the Russians in the actual prison, the, the facilities themselves. But we were all in the same complex. And I remember uh, spending the night with you know Mark Pavlich. I think my other roommate was Kenny Morrow and John Harrington. Then so I remember we spent the night before the Russian game with them. Uh, yeah, we were looking forward to it. It was, uh, yeah, it was one big game. Yeah, you're telling me. So you you end up you you play the Russians, and I I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the game wasn't really broadcasted at the time. It was broadcasted like hours after what, what ended up going on. But take us take us through that game, the ebbs and the flows. Like I think it, I'm pretty sure you guys were down at first. You you battle back. Actually, one question I really really want to ask you, and I've never seen anybody ask. I'm sure it's out there. The Soviets didn't pull their goalie like as as the game's winding down. Do you know why? Like that blows my mind that they wouldn't have done that. No, that's that still baffles me to this day. I played in the '76 Olympic team, and I also played on five World Championships against Trajak. And uh, uh, why they didn't pull the goal? I that's not, I've never seen that before. Maybe it's so they never were behind. I don't know, but I've never. I didn't understand that. They, I, maybe the coach literally didn't know what to do because he hadn't been in that like position before. Like, I, it just you're down a goal with a minute left. You want to get an extra attacker out there, but they, they don't do it. I just I don't get it. See, I don't either. I I, I don't either. <laughs> and I don't and I don't know why they changed uh, Trachek to Michigan either after the first period. Uh, that didn't make any sense to me either. Uh, here's the best goalie in the world, probably one of the best goalies ever. And they end up pulling him. It didn't make any sense either. But it worked out well for us. Yeah, right. Yeah, like you're, you're not going to complain about it. No. How big was that Johnson goal for you guys? 
and as the period's about to expire, I mean, going into the room, yes. if you will, that had to have been huge. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, I remember I got the first goal. With, well, they went one nothing. Then I I tied a great pass from Mark Pavlich. Then Mark Johnson casual Davey, casual goal in the nineteen eighty. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, there you go. But then, <laughs> then Davy Christian, you know, shout out the goalie Mark Johnson comes in. I don't know if Trachak was sleeping on that one or not. I don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, if that was that was huge, just keep it close for us. That 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 was an important period. What 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 was it like scoring in that game? Excuse me. I said, what was it like scoring in that game? Do you, do you uh, remember? Well, it? I felt I felt that I maybe made an error on, the, on helping them get their first goal. I I got made sure I had to get it back, so I felt so I could live with myself. <laughs> but, but it felt good. I like I said, I played against him a lot of times, and uh, uh, ended up being friends with him as well. So uh, I know him. He's a great goalie, great guy. Uh, uh, I'm glad I could beat him on that one. Was was there a player on the Russian team that? that you guys uh, looked at as like, we need to shut this guy down. But I, I mean, they were such a team and then like, yeah. the way, maybe it just wasn't one guy, but was there one guy that kind of stood out to you where you were like, holy shit, this guy's unbelievable. Oh, they, they had a lot of good guys. They had like Karmalov and uh, uh, Mikhailov. Uh, that their first line was great. Uh, uh, Balderas, you know, even though it's towards the end of his career, he was, you know, he was a fantastic player. They're grown men. Like huh? they're not, they're grown men. They're not college kids. You know, they they were all professionals actually too, and you know they could all play easily in NHL at that time. But you know, under their way of you know conditions and government stuff, it wasn't uh, wasn't allowed unless they didn't defect. But uh, uh, no, they were good. I mean, really good. And then as the game goes on, Ruzioni classic scores the goal, gets gets everybody going. As the time is ticking off the clock, the Russians haven't pulled their goal yet. I what. What's going through your mind? Like, especially in the third period, are you guys just going shift by shift? Or are you trying to do five minutes by five minutes? Like, that clock must have ran so slow to you. Oh, yeah. You know, we tried to break the period down every five minutes as, as a goal. But uh, when we were we were ahead uh, with, like, ten minutes left, you know, you know, you guys play hockey yourself. You know, shift 45 seconds and stuff. Well, we were coming off a heck of a lot quicker than that. Nobody wanted to be on the ice when they scored is what they were pretty really moments. <laughs> Because they're so explosive, they, uh, I mean, they can score at any time, almost even at will. But you can't let up against those guys. Those guys are so good. At and, and how was uh, Jim Craig during those last ten minutes? Was that just incredible? To oh yeah, I mean, he made a lot of fantastic saves, and plus we had a lot of help from the pipe too, you know. Uh, but you know, Jimmy played well. He knew the he uh, knew the angles, and uh, uh, we did everything we could to help him out because I believe they outshot us. So uh, we had to stick together. But no, that last 10 minutes, that seemed like 10 hours. I'll tell you, that was a long time. So the, the clock comes down. You guys beat the Russians. It's it's mayhem in the ring. People are going crazy. Yeah. Was it hard for you guys as a, a group to refocus as to, hey, like, we're not done yet? Because, like, I, I think in terms of political climate, like, that that was the win, right? Like, United States, Russia, you we handed Russia their loss. Like, take your ball and go back home, like, whatever. But, I mean, the gold medal's still up for grabs. So exactly. was, it hard, was it hard to refocus a little bit, or well, you guys already? Well, you know, after we started winning, and before we played the Russians, after we beat the Russians, we were getting telegrams from people all over the country. The wall was just plastered with them and stuff, and uh, and we were getting a lot of attention. Uh, but after we won, the next day we came into practice. They had uh, all these hockey sticks lined up with pens on, and you know, us guys were signing them, signing them. Kirby came in, he threw them all on the floor, wiped. Took his hand, knocked them all on the floor. He said, "You guys haven't won a thing, thing yet." He said, "You're and plus, you guys aren't that good yet either." And so he 
knocked everything off the table. When we were out and we had our practice, that was the hardest practice we had all year. He, he made sure our heads didn't get too big and we were focused on that finish game. He, he had a lot to do with that. He'd make sure we weren't too far ahead of ourselves. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing, the fact that you have like that uh, – you, you just know that you can't be that high at that point because when you no. are, then you're going to go in, you're going to play the Finns, and you guys are going to have a stinker. Oh, and then, then exactly. Cool. You beat the Russians, but you, you don't get the movie. Like, you don't get the 1980 gold medal. Like, yeah, it, that's it's right. a big accomplishment, but that gold medal for your country, that's – Exactly. And if we would have lost, I believe, we wouldn't have ended up with a medal at all against uh, the Finns. Oh, right, because uh, Russia played – who did they play, Sweden? Was it Russia? Uh, uh, yes. Yep. 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 So we could end up fourth again. Oh, my <laughs> God. Could you imagine if that had happened? Oh, but, yeah. but it didn't. It didn't. You guys won the gold medal. You guys beat the Finns. Uh, what, I, I think one of the coolest mo moments in sports history is when Ruzioni standing on that box and he calls all you guys up there. I, I'm like getting chills thinking about it right yeah. now. You guys yeah, have we, every player. And we, and we didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, that's, that's the whole team mindset, man. Like you look at all these other sports, football, basketball, like mm -hmm. when people are being interviewed, they're saying I all the time, I did this, I did that. But I think in the fabric of hockey, it's always we, like it's always a team effort. It's, it's always, you know, because it's a family. Like you guys are brothers. You guys spent however long with each other. I thought that was cool that Aruzioni's like, Hey, get, get on up here. Exactly. You know, you get to that point too, even Olympics, you know, a bunch of us guys have some, we scored a lot. We had some great Olympics and stuff. When you get to that level, you don't care if you score. You just want to win. You'll do anything to win. I don't care who scores. It's You just want to win. It's a once-in-a-lifetime shot. So, you know, put it all on the table. And, and we fortunate we did, and it turned out well for us. Yeah, it was great. I mean, just unbelievable. And then I, years go on. They make a movie. I think it's unbelievable that your son played you in that movie. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah, and I tell everybody, he made more money on the movie than I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And there's another story, too. They asked him, what was it like playing your father out in Hollywood? He said, geez, he's an easy stretch. He said, but the only weird thing I got weird when I'm supposed to put a, a wedding ring on, I'm married to my mother. He said, that's when it kind of got weird. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. he's a, he was a good kid. And yeah, he had fun. And it, like I said, he, he enjoyed doing it. It was a lot of fun. Do you remember watching the movie the first time? Like that had to have been pretty cool. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, we uh, uh, Disney. Uh, they they gave us a preview and stuff like that, and it, it was pretty good. I guess they tried to make it a little bit longer, but they were worried about ticket sales and stuff like that. And they had to they have some formula. They know how much the movie makes within the first twenty four hours after it was released. But no, it was it was it was pretty accurate. I thought it was, they uh, did a pretty good job. I thought Kurt Russell played uh, Herbie uh, uh, extremely well. He learned how to write left handed like Herbie did, and. Uh, 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 you know, we first went out to Vancouver where they were filming it. I think they took them about a year to film it out in Vancouver. Boy, he looked just like Herb Brooks. We're looking at him and go, wow. Looks, you know, Herbie passed away, you know, unfortunately prior to that. But uh, he did a great job playing uh, uh, Herbie. Herbie would have proud of it. That, that's, I love hearing that. Uh, how many times have you guys all been back together since then? You know, we have that fantasy camp out in uh, Lake Placid every year. This is, I think, five years already. So we still, most of the guys still come back for that. Uh, we have some signings that we do. So we get together sometimes three, four times a year, at least once or twice a year for this. So we still get back. We still stay in touch. And we still get each other crap all the time, too. Like on the emails, I don't want to answer because every time you answer, boy, you get dumped on by 19 other guys. So <laughs> nothing's changed. I love that. Garrison what, Garrison, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, a, a big part of the movie that came across was your line mates, uh, Harrington and Pavlich. What was that 
was that like to have that kind of chemistry? And you know, it was great. You know, all three of us grew up in Iron Range up in northeastern Minnesota, these small mining towns. And you know, Mark was from Eveleth, and uh, John Harrington was from Virginia, and I was I was from uh, Babbitt. And you know, we learned how to play in the outside ranks. And uh, you know, Herbie couldn't find anybody that could play with Pav, and couldn't find whether John and I could play with anybody else. So he put us together. But well, we kind of knew each other where we were going to be, instinct and reaction. Like I. You know, Mark Pavlich was real easy to, for me to play with. He said, Buzz, just get in front of the net and I'll put it on your stick. And boy, he, he, he fed me a lot, so I, I can figure that out. No, but he was a great hockey player. And we had great chemistry and respect for each other. And it worked out well. Our, our line didn't change that much since maybe end of November, first part of December. Ours was, was the only line that never changed. So it worked out well. Yeah, I think you guys were the top, top line in the tournament, right? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, we had a good tournament. It's pretty it good. Yeah, no, it was great, but more importantly, I'm glad we won the gold. Yeah, absolutely. And then I another one I had was um I called my dad before this, and you know, him and I went up for I think it was the 35th anniversary, and we got to see all you guys in the rink and kind of telling your stories, um, pointing out in the corners how the place developed and everything. So that was a fun experience for him and I to share. Um, but also wondering like back in um I guess, like, what what have you? What are your biggest takeaways from how the game has progressed since then, um, with the style of play? And um, you know, it's 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 really changed. They do a lot of cycling, and they're constantly going. And these all these kids are big, fast, and they can skate. And uh, uh, it's fun to watch. It's really more enjoyable to watch. I think you know, not so much you know, clutching and grabbing. And uh, one thing I can't figure out is these goaltender pads down. They go down. They go down like flippers. You know, now they can, you know, we. Back in the goalies, they used to call them mules because they were all leather. But that's changed a little bit. Uh, but I enjoy watching the game now. It's a lot of fun. Like our U.S. junior kids played well. They won that gold medal and stuff. That was that was my whole entertainment. That was they're really fun to watch. It's good. I'm ha I'm happy for the kids playing. I'm glad there's a lot more opportunities for kids now to play. I mean, they come from all over the United States. You know, back when we played, they were mainly like from Minnesota, Michigan, uh, uh, Boston. And now it's you can come for anywhere, which is really good. Yeah, it's incredible. The game is really growing. Was, uh, it's it's awesome to see like the whole team and what you guys are doing with the fantasy camps and getting everybody together. Yeah, we enjoy going back to you. It's a lot of fun. Just a huge huge part of what USA Hockey is really. I mean, we we grew up going to the Can Am tournaments every year, so Lake Placid was a a big part of my youth hockey experience. Uh huh. And, and the bond amongst all of us, we all got a bond, which is great. You know, you, you guys with us, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great sport. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy, that's your, uh, that, that's Jimmy's classic line. It's like, we, we have all these hockey people on to talk and at first we get a little nervous or whatever, but really it's, it's all hockey guys. We're just doing this for the oh, yeah. sport. And everybody's the same, but it's a good game. It's a blue collar game. And I mean, everybody gets, pretty much gets along. I mean, it, it's fantastic. That's awesome. So uh, you, you guys won that gold medal. Like, did you think that you'd be talking about this 40 years later? No way. I, you know, no, not at all. I, I can't believe that lasted this long. None of us can. We tip, we said, geez, do you, can you believe this? We go, no. But you know, that movie did give us another generation of kids and stuff. And there was, you know, I, no, we didn't think it lasted. I, we just can't believe the legs this thing has carried on for this long. It's unbelievable. It's, it's it's incredible. Um, Greece, do you have it? Do you have any more questions before we kind of get into the uh, 
the product. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think we I think we get into it. So kind of what uh, yeah, 40, 41 years later, it's led into a lot of different things, and we've got the Miracle on Ice Golden Ale. Uh, you want to tell with Northway Brewing Company? Um, we were introduced through Ryan, so I don't know if you want to speak on kind of your involvement in this beer release. Okay, I'm with uh, uh, Bob Grazinger. Uh, has the trademark USA Miracle on Ice Beer Golden Ale. And he asked me to get involved with him about a year ago. And I decided to hop on board. And, and a part of the great thing about it, part of the proceeds go to uh, various charities, you know, like the Herb Brooks Foundation, uh, uh, Sled Hockey and stuff. And we found some uh, great partners out in, in your state there, uh, Northway Brewing Company. And they're partners with us, us with us uh, out in New York. and. Uh, I think it's going to be a you know fabulous uh, run, and uh, they're great people, and uh, I think it'll, I think it'll go out out New York a lot. So I'm looking forward to see how things roll out here. It's uh, it's exciting beer, and the money goes a lot of it goes to our good cause. So it, it's that'll be fun. And I plus, and plus, I'm around hockey too, with all the hockey people. I think that's great. Exactly, it's it's absolutely genius because like when I think of whenever we play beer league hockey or even if we go to an open skate, like afterwards somebody has some sort of like twelve pack or like eighteen pack where the boys just have a couple beers before we go home. You don't have to worry about anything. And I've always wondered like why hasn't somebody came out with like a hockey beer? Like it always kind of it seemed like a no brainer to me. And on top of that, it's not even just just a hockey beer. It's like Miracle on Ice beer, which is which is just even cooler than just like your standard just beer locker room lager or whatever. Yeah whatever have you so uh how excited are you to be supporting this like what what's your normal drink uh, yeah buzz let's get into this we go to the bar man we're hanging out we're chilling what are you what are you ordering from the bartender like what's your normal go-to right now it's miracle on ice beer golden i love that that. that's that's what we order (laughs) they have it so hopefully it'll get spread out uh, so it started in Minnesota, correct? And now it, we're kind of bringing it to the Bob, Bob east. I guess he got the trademark. Yes, it started in it's uh, Liftbridge Brewing out in Stillwater, Minnesota. Uh, brews it here as well in in, uh, in Minnesota. But uh, uh, hopefully, the next step, like I said, with Northway Brewery, that'll 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 be fun, and that really kick it up. That'll be. I'm looking forward to it. Then I can come out and spend time with you guys. Yeah, please do. We're, we're going to, I think we're going to end up doing some content where we're going to have some of these on like the pond or figure something out, but I can't wait. Also, like I'm a huge, uh, guy, so it's, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I, 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 we need to figure out more information. We got to write a blog. We got, we got to get, we got to get the people everywhere knowing about this stuff. Cause I, I know for sure it's going to take off the moment that people see it, especially in Lake Placid. I can't even imagine that thing. It's probably already sold out. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, yeah, I think it'll go there for sure, too, as well. I agree with you, <laughs> um, last, last one I got for you, um, Jimmy and I are both, you know, marketing business guys. We kind of little entrepreneurial spirit with this podcast. And um, how, how has the game itself and just your entire hockey experience played a part in your uh, second career in business and sales? Uh, you know, Probably everything, you know, uh, you take the, the values of hard work and you just apply it, what you learned in hockey, what I learned in hockey. I mean, I learned everything through hockey, uh, you know, hard work, dedication, preparation, and just transferred over in, in, into business as well, and, uh, like in real estate. And uh, uh, but it's still it's who I am. I think most of us players, that's our, our, our identity, even though we could go on and have other uh, careers and stuff. But I learned everything through hockey. I mean, I, all my best friends are, are still through hockey. 
a lot of my, uh, uh, yeah, my associates, everything is, I do a lot of business with a lot of hockey players, but I, I you know, I, I love the bond. I love the, the closeness of our club and it's, I think it's very unique and I still think it's, you know, probably the greatest game in the world. I think that, but that's my opinion, but uh, no, I, I'm happy with the club I belong with. It's incredible. Yeah. Pretty cool club to be with, but uh, I mean, Buzz, th thank you for coming on, man. This, no this problem. Is Anytime. Everything that we've ever wanted and more whenever, whenever you come out here, let us know what next time you're in Placid. We'll take a, I think yeah, Placid is an hour and a half from us. So something along those lines, we, we can have a couple of these Miracle on Ice golden. Oh, for sure. Just, mm -hmm, a couple dozen. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll have ourselves the time. Good. And I'll buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've made these pucks too. I got to get you a couple. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Yeah. But no, nice meeting you guys. It's been great. I, I certainly appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks. And that was Buzz Schneider of the 1980 USA gold medal Olympic team. Ever heard of them? Sure have. Thank you so mm. much, Buzz. And uh, that was this episode of the Morning Skate. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, Garrison. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciated it. Awesome. Thanks. My life